All right, so let's, uh, let's pray together, and, and we'll dive in to this topic of what does it mean that we find our identity as saints. So let's pray. Father, thank you for um, this group of students who, like I said, are fun to be around, uh, who bring a lot of life uh, to our church and to one another. And I do pray this morning uh, that we would see um, who we are as, as, um, as those who are united uh, to Christ by faith in his work, um, what it means that we are called and that you call us saints, uh, which is often a word that is, um, is um, confused. Its meaning is confused, but also it's just not that we use very often. So um, uh, just pray that you be with us, that your spirit would teach us, and that we would grow to love you more and, and uh, serve one another. In Jesus' name, amen. So yeah, we are uh, doing a series. Uh, we're actually finishing up here soon. Uh, we transition in December to a series on Advent, just, uh, just preparing our hearts for Jesus uh, in the Christmas season. So um, I'm trying to find teachers for that. Uh, so you won't hear from me, you'll hear from other people, which is always, uh, which is always a good thing. Uh, but, but right now we're, we're kind of closing up our series on identity, looking at uh, this question of who am I? And everybody has an identity, and, and again, w- what I mean by that isn't just, um, you know, like I am from Cincinnati or I am a student. I'm talking more about this, this language of core identity. Uh, we all have a core identity that influences um, all that we do. So in order to understand what am I to do, we must first understand who am I, because those two things are linked together. So that's what we're doing. So we're looking at specifically, what is your identity? Who are you, right, as students? Uh, what does it mean uh, to be a Christian? What does it mean to be an in-Christ one? And how does that inform just your life uh, as a student? And as you think about the future, what you're supposed to do in the future. So uh, we're looking at, um, you know, uh, the question, like I said, uh, who am I? And we've looked at, I am a creature, I am in Christ, I am justified, I am an adopted child of God. Last week we talked about that we're new creations, uh, which is a great blessing to us, and hopefully that was encouraging to you. And this last week you were able to remember and remind yourself often that you are, be, you are a new creation and that you are becoming a new creation, and that you're not yet finished, uh, which we'll talk about uh, in week eight, but, um, but uh, that Jesus invites you and is, and is making you new, inviting you to be new and making you new. And like I said, this morning we're going to talk about this, um, this, uh, this label of being a saint. So, I am a saint. And first, we're going to have a little group discussion about, um, there's, a, there's a strong connection to how the Bible talks about the, us being saints as to being uh, set apart or holy. Maybe you have heard that before. So, I'm going to use those terms interchangeably uh, that... Um, you know, to be a saint is to be a set-apart one. So um, I want you guys to kind of have a little discussion about what sets people apart and your opinions of that. And then we'll get, about, get into two truths and two applications of, uh, from God's Word about what it means to be a saint and to live as saints. So why don't you do that? Uh, uh, why don't you uh, gather in groups uh, of, you know, uh, three or four, um, and, um, and, uh, and um, we'll... Uh, and discuss these two questions. Um, just uh, first is the question about behaviors and, and what you see in others. What makes people stand out, uh, and, and what what gets people noticed? Right. So uh, there are things that you do that, that that so that you are trying to be seen by others and get noticed. 
Uh, and there's things that you see others do to get noticed. And just talk about what are your observations about the human uh, day-to-day life? Uh, why do people, uh, what do people do to get noticed? And then from that, uh, try to interpret what you see. So what are the beliefs that are, that are, that are, that are under those behaviors, right? What are, what are, why are people doing what they do, right? So um, if, um, if, uh, if I try really, really hard to hit home runs on the baseball field, uh, that's the what that I do, right? That's how I'm trying to stand out. The why that I'm doing it may be because I'm trying to be seen as a good baseball player, right? And that's a statement of value and identity. Do you see that? So, um, so why don't you do that real quick? Uh, get into groups of four or five, or whatever I said, three or four, four or five, whatever you, whatever you want, and have this discussion about these two questions. And we'll do it for about three minutes or so, and then we'll gather, we'll gather back. All right, let's come back together, and let's talk just a little bit about what you guys talked about. So in your small groups, what, uh, yeah, what, are, what makes people stand out? What do you see? Um, what makes people stand out in your opinion? Cars. So elaborate a little bit. Yeah, so when you're, uh, I don't know, going for a walk and a Toyota Corolla uh, drives past you, it's no big deal. But if a Lamborghini drives past you, it gets, it, you notice it. What, why? Why do you think? What, what, why do you notice that instead of a Corolla? No offense for the Corollas out there. What about it? What's, what's the, what's, what makes you see that? And, and that's for everybody, so not just Camden. Because it costs more, so maybe you're thinking that somebody important's driving by. You don't normally see them. That's a great observation. So it's something that's it stands out because it's not it's the purple cow. Uh, if you guys ever heard that before, it's a marketing tactic. The guy who's driving down the road and saw a bunch of cows, and he thought to himself, you know, it would stand out a purple cow. And uh, he developed a, he wrote a book about it, developed a marketing strategy based upon it. Yeah. 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 Sure. So different. That's what makes that. That's what makes the car stand out, and that's what makes people stand out. Uniqueness, right? What makes somebody unique or different? That's a great observation. What else? The sisters Hicks. Okay. <laughs> That's true. That was really funny. So I don't know if you heard. Somebody said looks and clothing, and then somebody said the absence of clothing. Yes, uh, that would make somebody stand out. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Yeah. Hey, hold on, y'all. She's let her talk. Yeah, they're, they're right. There is positive and negative to, to that. Yeah, it's similar to the car thing, right? It's like, um, you know, somebody that wears fine clothing or uh, may seem rich or important. And you may be wondering who they are. They seem different, right? They stand out. Yeah, what were you going to say? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. So, so bright. You said bright colors when people wear bright clothing. Uh, red trees stand out amongst 
the, the brown and yellow trees. What, what, do you, what, what do you think that, that's about? Why do you think that we're drawn to bright colors? Because I, I can identify with that. Yeah. 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 That's great. So it's it's just, it's a continuation of what we've been saying. The differences, right? It's something different. So I guess if 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 it was a world if we, if everybody wore a bright color, then they wouldn't seem as bright, would they? Huh. That's interesting. Yeah. We talked about how like people's accomplishments are challenged by like set them apart. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, people rise above their peers by their accomplishments and and their talents. Like you said, that's right. So they stand out for the work that they do or the the work that they have done, the accomplishments that they have achieved. Certainly, yeah. When people get noticed on TV. Yeah. So so uh, you know uh, so let's draw that out a little bit. Why why do you, yeah? So you if you were um, you know which shows do you guys watch? Give me a show. Bring it back. Breaking Bad. That's uh, I wouldn't recommend that. I watched the first episode and thought to myself, "Yee, this show is intense." Uh, let's go with Elf. Something that's you know we're we're coming up to the holiday season. So SpongeBob. We'll go with SpongeBob. Something a little easier. So if you saw SpongeBob walking down the street, well, one is a sponge human, so you'd notice him. Uh, let's go with Will Ferrell. I like that illustration better. So everybody seen the movie Elf? Know who Will Ferrell is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Will Ferrell, if you're at Panera getting a cup of coffee and Will Ferrell walks in, you notice him, right? Because he's Will Ferrell. He's a recognizable face uh, that you notice from the movies and things. So maybe what gets somebody noticed is this, uh, it's their recognizability, right? Whether that's, uh, you know, uh, when you go, uh, go from here into the church sanctuary, you, you recognize your parents, right? You notice your parents because they're your parents and you recognize them and... Um, you probably don't notice everybody else's parents, but you notice your own because there's a familiarity. That's good. Okay. Yeah. Yes. People do crazy things to get attention. Like what? What, do, what? what crazy things do people do to get attention? Just throw it out there. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so they, so when they do things that aren't normal, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Oh, pull-ups off a bridge. That'll get, that'll get you noticed. Especially if you fall. Yeah, so people do stupid things or crazy things, whatever you think, to, to get noticed, right? Yeah, and I think all, all this behind this, we'll move on from this unless you've got something burning to say. But I think all this is, I think we have an embedded something in our DNA, right, in, in the reality that we've been made in God's image, right? There's something true of all people is that we really long to be seen. Um, and we, there is this uh, void because we aren't seen. So therefore, we try to do things in order to be seen. And I think that there is something unique there about being created in God's image, being with God, being seen by God, being noticed by God, and... and um, and that now that we are cast from God's presence, we are cast from God's sight, that there is still that echo of Eden that's on all of our hearts, this longing to be seen and to be noticed. And, and, on, on, and, and many times that can be, um, you know, um, can be very uh, destructive uh, in, in the fallen world that we live in. And we can want to be seen for destructive and wrong reasons, 
um, and um, and and uh, it can be hurtful to us. So, well, good. You guys talked a lot there. Wow. So you guys really can really relate to that, those questions, I guess. Uh, so anyway, I found these two quotes. I like these two quotes. Um, Giorgio Armani. You know who that is? Yeah, so many of you have Armani things. Um, I've had Armani cologne once, uh, and uh, it was a little bottle that somebody gave me. That's <laughs> uh, he's a designer. I don't know. I don't know what you call it. Designer is that the correct word that you call these people? Designer, a fashion person. Uh, he's a designer, so he cares a lot about beauty and making people beautiful, making making people smell beautiful, look beautiful. And he says elegance. Uh, doesn't mean being noticed, it means being remembered. So that's interesting, right? To be seen, uh, to be what? Remembered, right? So there's something, yeah. It's like that quote from the Sandlot. What's the quote? What's it say in Sandlot? Heroes get remembered, but legends never die. Ooh, say it again. Heroes get remembered, but legends never die. Yes. I think that there's also something in our, our us being eternal beings uh, that also is uh, we're, we're, we're so afraid of being forgotten. Um, and we, we, we will try to be seen because we really want to be remembered, right? So there's something, we want, we want to be set apart, we want to be seen by others because we're afraid, desperately afraid of, uh, you know, being alone or forgotten, which is pretty deep. And then Bob Dylan says, uh, uh, you know who Bob Dylan is? He's a singer-songwriter. So this is, so, so those of you who are introverted and hear this, this about this being seen, maybe you can relate to what Bob Dylan has to say. Being noticed can be a burden, Jesus got himself crucified because he got himself noticed, so I disappear a lot. So there's actually, you know, uh, people, if you're more introverted in nature, who is more introverted in nature? That's a good thing, right? There's more of you, it's okay. Um, uh, uh, you know, uh, this idea of being seen and noticed, maybe like, why, what's the point of that, or, or why is that important? And, um, you know, because, yeah, Jesus uh, got himself noticed. He wasn't trying to be seen. Right, Jesus didn't come with, you know, uh, horns blaring. He rode in, you know, on a donkey, not, you know, on a on a horse with an army after him. Right when he came into Jerusalem, coming up to the um, to his uh, death and resurrection. Right, so um, Jesus was seen because he was he lived differently. Right, he 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 wasn't trying to, you know, like I said, be seen, but he he was the perfect man. And he got himself noticed because of that, which is kind of a strange irony, uh, is that the perfect human being um, got noticed and wasn't exalted. He was, he was actually crucified. So um, as those who claim to be followers of Christ, that's kind of a crazy thing, isn't it? So anyway, being noticed can be a burden. And it can. It can be, right? The notice of being burdened. I mean, I don't watch too much of the Kardashian show, but when I do, I see a, a very burdened family. <laughs> um, and... Uh, who, who uh, has made a, a life off of being seen and being, being public figures, and um, it, can be, it can be a hard thing. So uh, anyway, what I'm trying to, trying to get at is that this idea, this, um, this longing to be seen, to be noticed, to be set apart, uh, is very well connected to this reality uh, that we're talking about, our identity as saints, because uh, embedded in the word saint is is it comes it has a link to the word sanctify, which means to be set apart, right? To to be set apart for a purpose, to be placed aside, to be sanctified. So um, to be a saint is to be noticed, is to be seen, is to be 
uh, set apart by God. Uh, Jerry Bridges says this, Saint is one of the most widely misunderstood words in our Christian vocabulary. At some point in church history, people began to call the original apostles saints, contrary to the plain meaning of the word as used in the New Testament. So now we hear of Saint Paul, Saint Peter, Saint Andrew, and the like. In the Roman Catholic tradition, people of unusual achievement are sometimes designated as saints. Among evangelicals, we often think of saints as exceptionally godly and holy people. So he's saying here that all these three views of the biblical word sainthood and what it means to be saints are actually incorrect. Um, the apostles, uh, we, we link apostolic ministry of St. Peter, Paul, and friends uh, as saints, right? So we're like, they were saints. Um, you see churches that are named St. Paul and St. Peter and St. Andrews and uh, different things. Uh, uh, some traditions, not just Roman Catholics, I believe, but some other traditions as well, they, uh, they, they, uh, those who are of high achievement, spiritual achievement, are designated as saints after they're gone. So there's certain criteria that people ha- must have in order to be saint. Uh, and then in just what we consider ourselves as evangelicals is, you know, when we say phrases like, oh, that person's a saint, what do we mean? They're good people, Right? That they pray a lot, or they read their Bible, or I don't know, whatever, whatever images come up in your head of this idea of sainthood. And, and what he's trying to tell us is that, is that really the biblical view of saints and this identity, this label, is different. The truth is, though, every believer, he continues to say this, the truth is, though, every believer is a saint, which is kind of cool. Every believer is a saint. That's why Paul's greeting in his epistles often includes something such as to the saints here in Ephesus. Even when addressing Corinth, a church that was all messed up, both theologically and morally, Paul wrote to the church of God that is in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus called to be saints. In fact, sainthood is not a spiritual attainment or even a recognition of such attainment. Rather, it is a state or status into which God brings every believer. All Christians are saints. You like what I did there? Who likes what I did there? The next slide, the saints, New Orleans saints. Hey-o, dad jokes. I told you I was, I've been a single dad this, week, this weekend, so I got all kinds of good dad jokes because my wife's in Florida. All right, here's what, here's what I say. To be a saint means that we are set apart by God through faith in the work of Christ. Therefore, sainthood is not a status or a football team you play on, uh, but a summary statement of who we are in Christ as his set-apart ones. So therefore, to be a saint is to be set apart by God. It's to be different. It's to be seen. It's to be noticed by God. It's to be holy. It's to be... Um, Kind of what all you guys have talked about is to be different than everybody else. So, you're going to say something? No. Um, all right, so real quick, I just want to look at 1 Corinthians 13 and transition to two truths about our, um, our set-apartness. Um, and, and then we'll, we'll, uh, we'll finish with some applications. So, there's just two things. Um, uh, you know, this is the verse that I referred to, 1 Corinthians 1, uh, and it says there, right, it says, uh, those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus called to be saints together with everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord Jesus, both uh, their Lord and ours. So it's saying here that, that God sees, though, and, he, and, and Paul is referring to those who have been set apart by God, who are believers in God, in Christ, um, 
he calls those who are, who are saints. So what does this mean? Well, it means two things. Uh, two truths about our set-apartness. That we are set apart as Christ's own possession, and we're set apart by the work of the Holy Spirit, not about our own work or own morality. And that's, that's, a, that's a great thing, because like I said, we often talk about saints as what? Those good people that do good things. Well, when the Bible talks about saints, it doesn't talk about those who've achieved something, but rather it's those who've responded to something it's, and, and, and that are being built up by God's Spirit. So, um, you know, Titus 2, uh, and I'm going to breeze through these. Titus 2 uh, refers to uh, us uh, who have looked upon Christ as their Savior, a people for Christ's own possession. Um, and uh, what I, I, I try to think about is this. Uh, see that cup? That's a red solo cup, right? Um, I have, uh, we've got red solo cups in the, in the, in the closet there. And uh, if you come to one of our events on a Wednesday night, I'll put out those red solo cups. And uh, sometimes, like, if I have parties at my house, I'll put out solo cups, and I'll put out a permanent marker next to them, right? And somebody will take out their cup, and they should write their name on it. So if this was my cup, I would write Eric on it, and that's my cup. And if I put it back in the sea of red cups, how do I know that it's my cup? Does it look any different than the other cups? No, it's still a red cup. How do, I, how, do I, how do I know it's my cup? Because it's got my name on it, right? And the same apart, to be set apart, to be a saint, to be the set apart one by God's own possession, is that, does not mean that you have done something to set yourself apart. It means that God has picked you up out of the sea of red solo cups and said, this is mine, right? So that's the best illustration that I can think about as being set apart. Now over time, you will change and you will move from being a red solo cup to a blue solo cup. I don't know, whatever solo cup Christ is, right? That's a joke. Not a funny one? That's okay. Yeah, I try. I, I, at least I get an A for effort, right? Yeah, B, C. C's get degrees, y'all. C's get degrees. <laughs> anyway, so, but you get what I'm saying there? That's what it means to be set apart and to be called a saint. Again, it's not by some magical achievement that you've achieved, but it's because God has seen you and he has set you apart and he has written his name on you. Um, so, um, and then uh, secondly, set apart by the work of the Holy Spirit, right? Uh, uh, what is verse this? Second Thessalonians uh, 2, 13 and 15 talks about um, how we are, how, uh, I'll just read verse 13 only. But we ought always uh, to give thanks to God for you, brothers, beloved by the Lord, because God chose you as the first fruits to be saved through the sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth. So here we see that the major actor in our set-apartness, like I said, isn't our own doing, but it's the work of who? God by His Spirit, right? That we resp- respond to through what? Belief, right? So the mark, therefore, of our sainthood isn't the miracles or the things that we do or the work that we achieve, but what? Our belief, right? In the work of Christ that is birthed by the work of the Spirit. And when that happens, uh, it'll change you, like I said, over time. And you will learn to embody your sainthood as the set-apart ones. And the best way that I could communicate that is through this. So, um, uh, um, so we'll get to that, okay? Uh, I'll start there. So, so two truths, uh, two characteristics of our set-apartness. So where do we go from here? Right, so when I lived in St. Louis, they had this free art museum, and I loved Rembrandt. Uh, I still do love Rembrandt. Um, I've actually, uh, um, I don't know all of his paintings, but um, I, uh, I know 
I know the marks of a Rembrandt, I guess is what I'm trying to tell you, right? So I was at St. Louis, in St. Louis, at their art museum once, and I was walking around looking at the art, and I came across this, uh, which is called um, Rembrandt's The Three Trees, and I walked past it, and then I stopped and I came back, because I knew that it was Rembrandt. I had never seen this before. I had never seen this in a Rembrandt book, or I didn't even know the, art, the, the St. Louis Art Museum had it. I, I knew I was familiar with Rembrandt's work, so therefore, in, this, in, in a wall full of paintings, guess what I could point out? A Rembrandt, right? In the same way, right, as, as those who have been set apart by God, we are called to live lives that are different, that are set apart, not according to our own wisdom, not according to our own work or our own might, but according to what? God's word. So that in a sea of people, where we may look very similar to people, right? Like the paintings on the wall at the art museum. If Christ were to walk by, he could say, you are mine. Right? You, you, you bear the mark of my work. Does that make sense? Which is a really, really beautiful illustration if you think about it as who we are called to be as saints. That we really are. If, if you were to match yourself up with a non-believing friend and yourself, there should be something different about you. Not because you're trying really, really hard to be different, but because you, wear, you bear the identity of a saint, a set-apart one by God. Right? That you are a person of what? High moral standard? Not necessarily, right? Because Christians make mistakes. But a person of what? Repentance, when you, do make, when you do make mistakes, right? That you're a person of joy, of peace, of patience, of kindness, of goodness, of self-control, right? But what's that called? Who knows what those are? The fruit of the, of the Spirit, right? Not the fruit of a really, really good person, or the fruit of somebody who lives in Cincinnati. Those are the fruits of the Spirit, right? They can only be birthed by, by God's Spirit, right? So when, um, yeah, when you experience disorientation in life, that you're a person of joy, not because everything's great, but because you know that Christ sees you and He has set you apart. So that you're a person of, when the world is very impulsive, which we do live in a very, very impulsive world, right? Where people build their lives on materialism, what they can have in the moment, right? We get upset when Amazon takes three days to ship when they promise us two, whatever it may be, right? We're called to be people of patience, of kindness, Ooh, kindness. That's one of the things that I constantly pray for over my children is that they would be kind. Not because that they would be seen by others and thought of as good people, because Christ was kind to them. And we really, really need kind people in this world. And then the first one, right, uh, that we'll walk away with um, is that you are somebody because you're somebody's, right? Say that with me. You are somebody because you are somebody's. What do I mean by that? Well, uh, like I said, we, I've been watching a lot of Toy Story, right? And uh, Woody um, was set apart uh, as Andy's toy, and Buzz was set apart as Andy's toy, right? He wrote Andy on the bottom of their foot as you can see right here in the slide. So uh, in the first movie, when they find themselves at Sid's house, and they're all worried, and uh, um, uh, Buzz realizes that he's actually not a space ranger, <laughs> right? And he, gets, he, he jumps, and he falls, and breaks his, his arm falls off. And he gets all depressed because he realizes, oh, I'm just a toy. I'm not really a space ranger. He finds out his true identity. And, uh, and then um, Woody gives him a little pep talk. <laughs> And he says, yeah, you're not, a, you're, not a, you're not a space ranger, but you're Andy's toy, right? 
which is better than being a space ranger. You belong to somebody. You're somebody's, right? And because of that, you are somebody. And, 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 and going back to our original conversation, we're all trying to be somebody. We're all trying to be seen. We're all trying to get noticed. We really are, whether you're aware of it or not. There's so much of your motivating behavior is just to be seen, to be noticed, to be set apart. Uh, the good news is that by Christ's work, you have been set apart, and he has wrote Christ on your shoe, <laughs> so to speak. And you are somebody, not because you're some fancy space ranger who can fly and has laser shooting arms, but because you're Christ's son and daughter, right? You're a saint of God, and because of that, you are somebody, because you are what? Somebodies. And um, that is a good, 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 good thing. Can I get an Amen. 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 We're done. Let me pray for us, and we're not going to have a discussion, uh, but um, talk amongst yourselves as you have conversations throughout the week, or whatever it may be. Um, let's pray together. Father, thank you for this time together. Um, I do pray that uh, even though we weren't able to discuss what we talked about in groups, that you would help us uh, for us to remember our takeaways uh, so that we can uh, live in the freedom of being a saint, uh, not in our own work, but in your work. And that as we go from here, we would remember that we are somebody because we are somebodies, but not only that, uh, but also that we would remember uh, that we really are, have a responsibility to live as the set-apart ones, uh, to live as saints in this world uh, because you have set us apart. In Christ's name, amen.